0: Hi everyone, this is Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex.
1: Featuring your hosts, Taylor Bradley
0: and Alex Yankovic.
1: Yeah, every day, we're just out here. What's up, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome back to another incredible episode of Inside Dance with your hosts, Taylor and Alex. We are so thrilled to be with you for another fantastic episode. You guys, this week we are joined by a very special guest, Mr. Noah Rick Lands, the creator, founder, and CEO of competitions such as Car and Rainbow will be joining us this episode to discuss um, how one starts a dance competition it's really interesting to hear the history of dance competitions and the evolution that brought us up into this crazy pandemic version that we've all come to know but uh stick around for that before we get there just some housekeeping make sure that you are following us on social media we are on instagram at inside dance podcast also be sure to follow our friends partners and sponsors over at inside dance magazine you can find them at inside dance mag Lastly, if you have anything that you'd like to tell us, or if there's any topics you'd love to have discussed, please, 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 please write us at insidedancepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Let's talk Community Spotlight. This week, we are featuring the incredible organization Dancers Against Cancer. They are an official 501c3 that provides financial assistance to dance educators, dancers, and family members impacted by cancer. To date... DAC has proudly raised over $2 million in donations that directly benefit those in need. Their mission is to create an alliance in the dance community that provides financial support and inspiration to all those in the community, plus their families, who have been impacted by cancer. The Dancers Against Cancer has a board that is led by Noah Lands and is filled with dance icons that we all know and love, such as Regold, Liz Imperio, Cindy Larson, and Jackie Slight. Our friends over at Inside Dance have a beautiful history of working to support this amazing foundation. They have helped sponsor and produce the Red Carpet Gala at the annual Industry Dance Awards. Now, this is an event. It's an amazing cancer benefit concert that awards dance studio routines from various competitions nationwide. Plus, they honor several choreographers and influencers in the dance community. Our Inside Dance partners have seen firsthand just how amazing the impact of this organization can be and could not speak more highly of this incredible foundation. To learn more about Dancers Against Cancer, you can visit their website at www.imadanceragainstcancer.org. There you can find information on how to get involved or directly donate. We will have their information posted in the description below. All right. Another week. We are just blazing right on into our summer. It's hard to believe. What is
0: happening? I
1: know. It's like in Vegas, we're in like that brief window where we're like, cool, it's not 135 degrees yet. So (laughs) this is nice. But Alex, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. You know, it's, uh, it's really nice of, I feel like we've both just been consistently busy and it's very exciting. And I have to say, uh, I mean, the listeners can't see and they're kind of healed now. I have new bruises on my <laughs> knees and all over my body. And that just means, you know, I'm back in contemporary dance class in person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. But like, my-
0: it's been so great. So I'm, ha- I literally was not even like the skin off my feet is coming off. And I'm like, this feels good.
1: <laughs> totally. I know. I look at, um, I look at my feet and I'm like, okay, this is a, a disaster. I'm a full dumpster fire of a mess of uh, calluses. So, again, that means I'm getting back in dance class and doing something right. So,
0: wait, okay, TMI for our listeners, but this is actually, we're so really funny. kicking
1: you off a great episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some good topics
0: think, here. <laughs> I think it'll go on for like our intro, but yeah. okay, so a couple of weeks ago, um, I was teaching and I was teaching like a shoulder roll with my feet pointed. and Love um, a shoulder roll. And I was going with so much force and I took off my socks because I wanted to see for the students who didn't have socks. I wanted to try it to make sure like it was doable and it would feel good for them. My toenail, like I completely lifted like three quarters of my toenail off as I did it. That's fine. You don't need those. But then I shoved it back down, and I've had this. I think most dancers have lost toenails, and I just shoved it back down. And then I went to the uh, doctor to make sure I got like a new tetanus shot and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Because
1: oh, look at you being proactive. Yeah, if you, if I'm you like are, rub some dirt on it. It's fine. Oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I I've heard horror stories. I won't go go into that. But so I got it all cleaned out, and I got antibiotics. I just am so paranoid about getting my foot infected. So anyway, my toe is fine now. It's just like. It'll fall off in a couple, my toe, my toenail will fall off in a couple of weeks or months, but I went to get my nails done and I have like n- fresh wounds on my oh feet from class I've been taking. And the lady was in shock. Yeah. She literally <laughs> looks at my feet and goes, oh my God, like, why have you waited so long to come in?
1: <laughs> are you okay? And I okay? was like, yeah,
0: she was like, These are, she, was like she literally like, put her hand on her sternum and, like, leaned back.
1: And she sees some gross feet. Like, yeah, and she yeah. was, like...
0: And literally, like, my one of my toenails is just, like, purple and, like, almost no color in it at all. Like, it's so bad. And, like, mm. just... Yeah, she was... I think she, like, charged me an extra $10 because she was, like... <laughs>
1: <it's>, hazard pay. <laughs>
0: hazard pay. But, I mean, that's what us dancers do. And, like, I have no shame in it. It's fine. But I think for... Non dancers, it's like kind of um, a shock to the system. <laughs>
1: totally. Shout out to any nail technician, anyone that ever has to come within like two feet of my feet. You are the real <laughs> heroes of of this land, and I know every dancer out there is like totally. Yep, me too.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well,
1: speaking of um, what I wanted to talk about uh, this this afternoon, Alex is. Um, we're weird. We're like really weird as dancers. Like we're not okay. So I want to discuss that. Like those weird quirky antics that us as dancers have, um, that we like forget. And then we're like, re like, immersed in normal quote muggle life and people are like why are you the way that you are um so okay obviously we have just having the world's grossest feet in the world (laughs) which then is always followed by sorry i'm a dancer um at every nail salon (laughs) but what um what are some of the things that come to mind for you just like weird habits
0: um i crack my hips in public
1: we are rice crispy cereal
0: Yes. And I like, I lean forward, I lift one leg and I lift the other and it makes that like really satisfying cracking sound. But I also um, would test out floors at like Home Depot and Lowe's and other grocery stores and see which one was the best turning floor. So when we would <laughs> ever go like grocery- Grocery shopping, or I had to go to the hardware store. Like,
1: Mom, can we go to Safeway so I can practice my footsies? Yes.
0: <laughs> and I used to just like turn in the in the aisles. I actually don't know if that's a normal thing dancers do. That might just be an Alex. Yeah, that, that's and Alex. Stephanie you're Ocum weird.
1: Thing. Yeah. <laughs> no. But
0: um, yeah, I would always like kind of be like, okay, they have good turning floors, so I could like at least make use of my time when I'm having to go shopping.
1: Well, uh, aside, why is it days? I feel like there's no. There's no floor. It's either you are at the Olympics figure skating yes! or you're dancing with rubber shoes on like rubber freshly sprayed linoleum. Like <laughs> it's either slip and slide Michelle Kwan or I'm <sighs> nervous for my MCL. So
0: what do you, what comes to mind when you think of what you do? I guess like we're putting this in public form.
1: Totally. Of, well,
0: amongst regular people.
1: Well, we know how dancers can't ever sit normally. Like, we can't sit. Like, even right now, I have, like, one (laughs) leg out. Like, one leg is up on a laundry basket. And, like, yeah. So just always in weird shapes, especially when I'm, like, on the phone. I'll just, like, develop my leg. And, like, my fiancé walks by and he's like, you're not normal. Um, (laughs) But, yeah. So just, like, weird, weird positions. Going back to our thing about feet (laughs) – I think it's so funny that dancers just casually super glue their feet. Like, I know! Oh, that's normal. That's fine. Like, just craters in your heels. And it's like, la, 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 don't worry, Elmer's. Um, I did
0: that in college all the time. And actually at Cirque 2, whenever I was in PMed, it was just so they could super glue my feet back together.
1: Totally. Sponsored I- by Lowe's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Improving home improvement and Wait. dancers across the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like part of these. like, do we start our own toe super glue business but it the regular stuff works well so i always I think I need to find another market
1: i'm like hmm is this okay to put this industrial strength adhesive into my open wound <laughs> but then i'm also like it's fine we're rolling around on gross dance floors so honestly dancer immune systems props to you guys <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, that's so true. I need to come
1: up with new catchphrases. All I ever say is props, kudos, bravo, and hats <laughs> off to you. So um, write us at insidedancepodcast at gmail.com and give me some suggestions because <laughs> clearly need to I do like, it.
0: I like props. Props
1: is props. Very, Prop
0: very on brand. I mean, I guess a little bit in... Musical theater realm too. I guess we could tie those musical theater folks into this too. Because oh, like
1: I love theater people. Like theater people, and I said I would love.
0: Yeah, like we. I remember Y'all are when weird. I <laughs> when I did try school theater. I really felt at home. Like I, yeah, I just feel like I can really be myself, and everybody's just like sitting in the splits, reading your uh, music, and kind yeah. of going over that stuff, and you keep like trying that that time was really fun and um yeah I don't know where I was going with that I'm trying that's to- okay
1: I love it I want to go back to um something that like i have to if we're playing if i'm walking through the mall and there's music playing i have to walk to the beat i can't not oh my god and then my stride becomes an awkwardly long or short gait but it's like make it happen like some people have to step on the tile cracks and i'm like two three four go right and left
0: (laughs) it's Um, so oh my god the tile cracks
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know why um also dancers just say weird things like I think it probably comes from like d- Vogue culture, but like, yes, honey, work, go off, live, all this. Like also, why do we throw shoes? Why is that a thing? Like why am- you're doing so good. I want to strike you with my footwear. What, why? But then like only in like hip hop, jazz funk, cause you're not throwing your point shoe. You're not going to throw no. your, um, what's, it's escaping me. Really fancy top shoe. K 360s. Okay, Yes. Got it. Um, yeah, so oh I don't know why we throw our footwear. Also, I think it's funny going back to like kind of uh nail salon self-care. Whenever we get massages, if I go to like a normal massage parlor, I'm like literally give me the strongest person that you have. I want you to destroy yes. my hamstrings. Get like it's like, I don't want that like intense moisturization. Ooh, sa namaste. No. I'm like literally break my body back into place because I need that. <laughs> I love
0: when they. I usually like can't help it. Like I need them pressing so deep into the mat that I'm like, like you struggle I, to
1: breathe. <laughs> but you're like, I, I can't great. breathe. And they're like, <laughs> "Are
0: you okay?" I'm like, "Yes, this is great." I'm
1: <laughs> gasps for air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: you feel so much better after though. It's so good.
1: So going back to like weird phrases and things why first of all are we obsessed with feet like we're the only people like us and rhythmic gymnasts it's like oh my gosh their feet um which sidebar why is every toddler have the best feet in the world and it's so frustrating i Um, know
0: they're just like we need someone to like let us know if this is true i think if you start working and pointing your feet young you break a bone (laughs) In there. This is so uneducated. Just,
1: yeah. We, disclaimer, we are not doctors. We don't know what we're talking about. Yeah.
0: I think there's a bone on the top, or like a little like breakable bone on the top of your foot that when you break it when you're younger, you don't feel it. And it's like so like a wishbone.
1: You're just like, it's Yeah, gone.
0: yeah, exactly. And then I think it's easier to point. That could be totally an urban legend. I
1: yeah, no yeah. Idea. Maybe oh <laughs> maybe fact check that or just like don't do it. Wellness, health, and the, yeah. the, the respect of your feet are supported here at Inside Dance. It's Man.
0: crazy though because I I do get distracted by bad feet. Like it really breaks a line. Ugh. I and I, and it yeah, I feel like that's what, probably why we're obsessed with it because it's just but, like something you notice. But so
1: where did our terminology like, oh, wow, point those biscuits. Why biscuit?
0: Right. I, so I still don't, is it because it looks like a croissant when you I don't point know.
1: it? Well, I would always say, okay, biscuit, gross, croissant, good. Because croissants are like hooks. I want my foot <gasps> right. to be like a full-on banana, like cashew. Give me that arch.
0: So what kind of biscuit is it? Is it like KFC know. biscuit? I, is it
1: like a chicken biscuit or is it like a sweet
0: yeah. These are, the,
1: these are the questions I need answers to. Wait,
0: yeah, I actually never understood that. And I wasn't sure if like biscuit and croissant.
1: And I'm like, please don't use food as insults. I'm, it's very close to home for
2: me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Wait, I, okay, I really need some clarification on that. Oh, did you ever have your ballet teachers? This is so ingrained in my brain. When you have your arms in a low fifth, my teacher used to say peaches under your arms. Oh, I
1: got grapefruits under my neck. Grapefruit. Like whenever, he, which also that's the name of my autobiography. Grapefruits under my neck. No, whenever I would do core work and crunches, you know, you don't want your chin on your chest. Like, yeah. So not at all about ballet. Oh
0: my God. Basically
1: just citrus and produce at various places of your body it ensures proper alignment.
0: But the the fruit stuff works because they teach you how to hold tension In certain places so you don't drop the fruit, but then you don't affect the rest of your arm. It's... Okay, I had a dance teacher tell crazy. me,
1: yeah, to squeeze. Actually, she would. This is a bad example. <laughs> she would say, "When you're in fifth position or first, you want to squeeze like a piece of paper or a dollar bill at the top of your thighs." Yes. And then she'd always laugh and be like, "Wow, that sounds like I'm saying inappropriate things about <laughs> like,
0: but I mean, exotic but I dancers to my
1: young ballet students." But it works. I still it's, think about it. Well,
0: yeah, imagery, imagery is really important, especially with younger kids. Um, that's just something that our brains need and uh, it's way better understanding of of everything. But that is so funny what there's about, a lot of uh, there's so many things now that we're going down the rabbit hole that we no say. and
1: I, i'm i'm living for it what is it with our obsession obviously with mirrors but not even yeah. mirrors like reflections in windows and storefronts like every time yeah. you walk by you like peek out of your side eye and you're like okay what's up shoulders back looking good love my outfit like yes. so,
0: <laughs> so vain so vain i'm teaching a lot of people about the pelvis and you say, this are like, you gosh,
1: Alex? <laughs> yeah,
0: The pelvis is a bowl of water. Totally. Have you said that before? Yeah.
1: And anterior tilt, it goes to the yes, front, and the which is weird. Out. Cause you would think you're like, it's backwards, but like arch your back, water goes forward, tuck your Martha Graham, find your C curve goes out the back.
0: Oh my gosh. It's so, it's so crazy, but it's helpful. That's the All only right. way I would understand. Cause a lot of times like I'll ask kids, like, do you know what your spine looks like? And they'll be like, kind of. I'm like, okay, we need to, like, get on this. We need to know. We need to know exactly that it looks exactly like a snake. And it bends bends like a snake. And we need to understand. It's so, yeah.
1: Um, One that I want to leave off on that I know really uh, rings true with you, Alex, is dancers always recycling their, like – teen or senior solo costumes to then be used at every Halloween event. My personal favorite, and we will find a picture and post it for our listeners. Alex um, was a sparkly rhinestone lobster catcher. It makes sense when you see it, but like, I would always laugh um, in college at like our parties whenever they were themed, it would be like, everyone would kind of just be like throwing together what they had in their dorm. And then here comes Alex and her full on like Sorovsky AB bodysuit, fingerless gloves. And we're like, okay, yep yep there
0: she is i I still have it it's like literally right next to me in my box in my closet right now i love that costume my mom homemade it too and you can't
1: ever throw any of them away like you will be you will be on your deathbed and you're gonna be like thank you musical theater age 16 solo bra top
0: yes oh my gosh so good so good and i remember i uh, the lobster earrings that we wore with it, like, kept getting destroyed. So I, like, traced lobsters on red felt and then, like, cut it and then put an earring hook through it just so, you know, we could really complete She's
1: committed. She's an up. anatomy teacher, pelvic connoisseur, also <laughs> yes. earring craftswoman. Alex exactly. Young, everyone. Yes. By the way, before we go into our amazing interview, I would like to stop and give a huge belated birthday shout-out to my dear friend, Beautiful best friend co-host, Alex Yankovic, which um, I have a funny story about this, guys. I, a few months ago in January, I don't know why, but in my head, I was like, Alex's birthday is in January. It's totally in January. And I thought I missed it and I got scared. So then I started texting people. I was like, hey, when's Alex's birthday? Because it's like not on Facebook anymore on these days. And like, but I was like, no, I would have known. But then I was like, dang it. I'm, i missed her birthday That's so then one so episode after like a s- stupid long weekend we were i was like delirious after working so much and i was like "Oh, alex happy birthday she looks at me like i'm crazy and goes what and i was like <laughs> am i yeah it's in may it's totally in may so i've waited four months to finally be able to say this alex but happy birthday i'm so Thank grateful you. that you're in my life that you're uh such a a great friend teacher and that we just get to goof around every every week.
0: I know I love it I appreciate you so much and honestly I would forget my own birthday except for the fact that my birthday is always around end of year events so like prom was on my birthday. Recital, um,
1: graduation. Recital,
0: graduation, college graduate. like they always end up on that day that's the only way I like (laughs) to remember that my birthday is in May and um you know I'm learning a lot about a Taurus, being a Taurus. I don't even say it right, obviously. I'm like, Taurus? Taurus, from from bring it on. <laughs> yes. I'm not into astrology, but I'm getting to know my sign. You know, that's the goal of the yeah. year. Because Tauruses tor- are just not represented. Is in there a dance in astrology? India.
1: If you're listening out there and you know there's like an artist, creative, dancer, zodiac reading i'm not even saying that right yeah yeah slide into our dms with that because i could use some i could use some (laughs) clarity i love it all right guys well hang tight we have our interview with the amazing noah rick lands coming up
0: Hi everybody! We have a very special guest with us today. We want to introduce you to Mr. Noah Rick Lands, who is the founder and CEO of Kids Artistic Review, which is an, a beloved dance competition that I've been attending since I was, uh, you know, three years old. So this is very special that we get the chance to talk to him now. So let's welcome Noah Rick Lands. Hi how everybody! Are
2: you? <laughs> I'm hey, doing Noah. Good. Hi. How are you doing?
1: We're good, we're good. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here with us today. We're super excited. Um, Alex and I, when we were formulating kind of our list of guests, um, you were absolutely at the top of Alex's list when she was um, speaking about some mentors and people that have really shaped her dance career. So um, I'm I'm super grateful to meet you and we're both excited to have you on today.
2: I'm excited to be here, so sounds great.
0: We cannot thank you enough. So let's kick off with our first question. just so our listeners can kind of get to know you and get to know your background. So where are you from? And then briefly describe your dance training, if any, and how you've kind of gotten into this
2: dance world. Okay. So I am originally from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I moved to California when I was around 15. Um, How I got into the dance world was I married a dancer. I have no dance training. I have a little ballroom training that I, that I encountered after I met my ex-wife. Um and we did a little disco and a little fun um dancing that way. But as far as any any kind of technical training, I have none. So um I met my ex-wife and we had a um a disco team if you want to believe it. It was oh an adult. My God.
1: <laughs> I'm already so intrigued. Tell I me know. more. <laughs>
2: So th- that's how I got introduced into the dance world, and um, so what happened was we we actually we were on Dance Fever, her and I. Um, so I must have been okay. I wouldn't say I was a great dancer, but I would say I have passed enough. Um, but then we we used to do like little competitions as a team of disco dancers. So we went to an older competition, which I don't know if Alex will remember this or not, called Victor Drew. I don't and remember. That was- Okay, so it was before your time, um, but Miss Deedee would remember it because they were around then. And Krista Miller, all of these people that have been—you know—they're—they're they're quite a bit older. Uh, not quite a bit older, but they're older than you, of course. You're pretty young. But we went to this. It was called a performing arts, but it was really—it had like disco. It was adult dancing. And at this competition, they had a two-hour slot. It was two hours long for performing arts, which was kids. And so we, of course, went early and I watched this and I was like, wow, this is really interesting. Kids are dancing too here. And so right after that, my wife opened the dance studio up. And so that's how we started competing our kids because we, we there was nothing really at that time where you could do kids competition. So it was really an adult ballroom competition that just threw in a little slot of kids. And so but that grew. As, as competitors started growing, then Victor Drew grew and he really became more of a, of a regular kind of competition that we see today. And the adults had a different day then. So that's that, how it started.
0: That kind of blows my mind, but it makes sense when you're talking about it because dance was kind of this thing that adults did. And when I'm thinking about, about like Dirty Dancing, the movie, I think about like everyone's dancing at the club and that makes a lot of sense. But like with ballet training, I felt like people started ballet a lot later uh, in their life, especially like back in dance history, learning about it. So it is interesting kind of reflecting back and be like, okay, kids are dancing too. But this blows my mind because now in 2021 and the past like 10 years, even competition is so huge. It's like-
2: So, so huge. ginormous. it's crazy. So we would go, we went to Victor Drew for about three years. And um, it, it's really funny because the studios we competed against then, none of them were even around. It was Jill and Golden, but a lot of teachers that own studios today actually dance there. And so, um, so we went to a competition and he was a Russian, he was from Russia and he had a really thick accent and he was very nice. You know, he ran a pretty good competition, but his scores didn't make sense and so that caused a problem because we had parents and, and even then the parents, you know, they look at the scores and they're like, wait a minute, I scored higher, but I didn't win. And so I would call Victor and I said, Victor, I don't understand this. We have two duos. The highest score got nothing, but the lowest score got second overall. How, do, how do you, what am I supposed to tell these people? You know, cause the moms and dads want to know. And he was like, oh, just tell them they're all winners. And, and that was his whole attitude. It was like, <laughs> tell them they're all winners. And so I thought, oh, this is, this is not good. And so um, so at that time, I thought, you know, to myself, I was, I was actually working at a grocery store. Um, I had already graduated college, but I didn't know really what I wanted to do. We opened the dance studio up. It was starting to get bigger. And so I decided, wow, I can, maybe I could do this, this dance competition. I, th- I think I could do this. And so that—that's how I started car. Right
1: then. How that's like such a mind-blowing. It sounds. It is. It was so innovative at the time. But kind of echoing what Alex said, like for us, for someone, for young dancers that grew up in this community that is um, so huge. It's it's community is, is is belittling. I should even say this industry. This this huge part of our lives. It's crazy to think that there wasn't a division or a competition or a, like even a place for kids to compete and That's so so
0: hard for my brain to comprehend. Yeah,
1: I'm like I I, I can't wrap it, <laughs> my head around that. But um wow, congratulations to you and and especially for for diving into something when you may not have had necessarily that technical dance training that now that is such a huge part of it. So, I have to ask how were the first early years of car um and and implementing um youth competition, like as, as we know it, or compared to as we know it now, which is so technical score driven. um, How was that?
2: Well, it was, it was definitely very different um, because of the fact that there was nothing to measure it by. There was no other competitions. I think showstoppers is probably one of the oldest competitions besides car. And they started one year, one year after we did so it wasn't like, like today you know, there's so many competitions, but they, you know, they have something, they have a foundation to look on and to create their own individual ideals. I had nothing to go on. I had Victor Drew and he, as you can tell, you know, he, his, his whole scoring, everything was very off. Right, so, right. So really we had to make it up as we went along and even like judges. And um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's really mind boggling. Now to think of the early days of CAR. And by the way, CAR stood for three partners, Kenny, Adrian, and Rick. Oh, that's I did
0: not way. know that. I did not but know that.
2: I can tell the, the people that have been coming to CAR by what they call it. If they call it CAR Productions, they've been with us the longest. If they call it Kids Artistic Review, that's the second one. And now they we go by KAR. So if they call the a KAR competition, they're the newest. So it it's, it's very interesting. Um, because I've known some of these people for like over 40 years now. And um, and a lot of them competed at CAR at a very young age when when, when competitions were, it was really very different. Um, I, I think back and I think one year we had a Nationals in Vegas, just to go back to a really funny, great story. And we didn't even recognize it as that big at the moment. But one year we had Debbie Reynolds and Donald O'Connell judged our star showcase. OK, today, that's like mind boggling. At the time, we didn't even take a picture with them. That's amazing. Like, <laughs> really. Vegas was a whole different place. Everything was different then. so and um, I think that as it's evolved, it's, it's of course brought dance to a whole nother level and and which is great. But um, there was something to be said to the innocent years because they were very innocent years. People were excited to come. They were excited to, I remember when we first started doing the, there was no audio. It was all written critiques. And so when we got to audio critiques, it was like life changing for teachers. And they were like, oh my gosh, I get to listen to these critiques. And people were so excited to actually be critiqued by other um, teachers. And to actually be able to hear it and to play it to their students as they were on cassette tapes. So, I mean, can you imagine we had a cassette tape for every studio? I
0: remember that those days of the cassette tape. And I mean, yeah, it's huge. And I will say, you know, working for Carr now as a judge is such an amazing experience, but I have to say, you know, being on the mic and giving that commentary, I can already tell how helpful it is for the studios. Like I feel so committed to being like, okay, I want to give them as much, Info as I can. It's just way easier to understand. It's way easier for everybody to be like, okay, yeah, let's look at that part a little differently. Or yes, I'm. A big thing is a teacher looks to the judges to tell them what the teacher is already telling the student because sometimes you need that third party absolutely. to be like, okay, they're telling you to point your toes to I'm not crazy. You need to keep doing that.
2: <laughs> right. Ab- absolutely. And and the, the the thing that made it so great was when we actually went to cassette tapes. Is they could they could really understand it because handwritten was sometimes disastrous depending on who was writing it because we like even we would like what are they what are they saying here because you know everybody writes differently and they would be writing in a hurry because they still want to watch and so once we went to the um the audio part that that changed everything and then when the audio video part came in where they could watch it in here it, it was like another it was just a, a very um great thing for dance i think
1: so I actually, I want to elaborate and pick your brain on that. How does, in the world of dance competitions where um, things evolve so rapidly and so many aspects, but especially like technology, like you were saying, um, going from handwritten to cassettes to, um, I remember getting the um, CDs with the entire studio, it would have every number on it and we'd sit there in rehearsal and listen through to nowadays, it's like everything I feel is digital and we sent you an audio file and here's all of our songs on a on a flash drive. I remember going with my dance studio owner, and we have like the binder full of CDs. Right, right. So, so how do you stay up to date with um with the fast paced evolution of dance competitions and and keeping continuing to stay cutting edge?
2: Well, I think that that one thing that I've always done is I've kind of grown my company from within. So, um, our head tech. Who's in charge of production, everything has been with me since he was 15. And he's very, very up to date on everything. And so that really helps Carr and Rainbow because he he knows what's new. He's always looking. We're always trying to make ourselves better. And I think that's something that's really important in this, in this industry, is to keep trying to improve yourself. And we're always trying to improve because there's always room for improvement. You know, I don't, I don't care how great a competition is, even a dancer. It doesn't matter. There's always room for improvement. And so that's where I'm really lucky with, with the technical part is I have really educated people that are doing that part of the business for me. Cause I know nothing about that. If I had to go to a show and actually sit at the MC table again and, and run all that, I would be totally lost. I used to know how to do it all because I used to MC and tally at the same time, but now I don't think I could do any of it, but it's, it's really, it's really great for the kids this day, this day and age, because everything is so computerized.
0: I want to know in those early years, did you just, because I even struggled to remember, was it just California where you were doing these competitions? And then how did you branch out to now it being a tour and competitions happening every weekend in all these different cities How, when did that happen? Because I feel like that happened probably when I was in high school, but it just started in California, right?
2: Right. We did six local shows and we did, um, and we did one day shows because you could only have a competition on Sunday because the studios had dance classes all the other days. And so then it, and we, it's so crazy when you think back, we would do one day and a studio could bring 10 acts. That's all you could bring is 10 acts. And then we would do 120 <laughs> acts a day, and that was like a huge competition. And then as it developed, and we threw Saturday in there, and we had a lot of resistance because studios were open on Saturdays. And then we opened it up to more acts, so you could bring 25 acts, but you still had to count your top 10 acts for the top studio award, which is what we give a card. Not everybody does that, but we do. And so after that, studios kept evolving and they had more and more and more acts. So then we had to go to Friday nights and then we did Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And um, the way we went, we we went out of state was showstoppers actually came to California. And I had never seen another competition before that that was from another state. There was maybe two or three at the time that were in California that actually stayed in California and they would only do like two a year. They would do a spring competition, a fall competition. So when Showstoppers came here, it lit up in my head. Oh, my God, they're coming all the way from North Carolina or South Carolina, where they're from, to California. I wonder if I could do that. So I scheduled a Texas competition. And it was in Houston. And that was our first out-of-state competition was in Houston. And actually, my partner, Ernest, went and did that competition. And he actually never missed a Houston competition from that point for 20 years he was always in Houston because that was something really special to him. I didn't go to that competition, but he did. And Houston always had a really big place in his heart because, you know, he felt like I started this and everybody knew him there for years and years and years and years. So that was our very first one was Houston, Texas.
0: That is so crazy to me, but like it's, it's just nuts how much it's grown since then. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that just takes a lot of bravery and honestly just, uh, okay, I'm going to do this. Let's just try it because what do you have to lose at that point? You know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but it obviously worked
2: out. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it worked out. And I was a lot younger when, you know, when you're 25, you just, it's, it's not the same world. It wasn't the same world then as it is now. I don't even think we had insurance. I don't think anybody bought insurance and we just went to ballrooms and we danced in the ballroom <laughs> and they never asked you for anything. So it was it was quite simple, quite easy. Um, and then, yeah, and then it just it just led from, you know, Houston, to which I, I never in my brain. I tried to think, why don't we do Arizona? It's right next door to us. But we went over like four states. <laughs> we had to go to Texas. But um, after that, we started doing three competitions a weekend and then they grew to four, five, six. Now I think we're up to 10 competitions a weekend between car and rainbow that we do so that um, it's really grown a lot.
1: Wow, that's that's so incredible. And yeah, m- uh, myself being from Atlanta, Georgia, um, w- I never had the opportunity to attend a car competition. But I'm very excited to say I'll be judging my first car competition here in just a few weeks in Southern California. So I feel like I'm going to really get the full in-depth experience. So I can't All wait good. to, yeah, yeah, I can't wait to to experience it firsthand. But I um I have to ask. I'm curious. Um, can you kind of describe? Um, how Alex doesn't know I'm going to ask this, so I'm going to embarrass her, but can you describe Alex's dancing from what you recall as a young dancer and uh, that relationship? Cause uh, I'm I'm so curious to know.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes, actually. So I've been doing this for many, many years. Okay. A long time, but in the early days, you know, we had outstanding dancers and today it's, it's pretty, there's so many, because kids start so much younger. But Alex and her sister Stephanie, who I personally remember watching dance, were really, really outstanding dancers. They they danced. Um, they did a beautiful job. They did a lot of musical theater. I mean, they really did everything, I think. I think, if I'm not mistaken, you guys did the whole genre of everything. Um, and, and I love I love the way they performed on stage, but I also love the way that they acted off the stage. And this is really important. We don't get that mm. as much today as we did then. They were always very gracious. They were always very kind to everybody. You know, they were like star dancers, really, truly. They were stars. Um, but they were nice to everybody. And that that's something that I remember telling their mom, you know, you've done a really good job with this because, you know, your girls are really talented, but they're also very kind. And that's a good blend for a dancer,
0: I think. Oh, thank you so much. My mom will be so happy to hear that. That,
1: Margaret, that one's for you. Yeah,
0: she listens to this uh, religiously. Oh my God, that means seriously, thank you so much. And you know, I have a picture uh, back in whatever it was. um, It was like the second year I was doing a solo and you guys were doing those future star awards uh, with with Dance Spirit Magazine. And I have a picture in Vegas at UNLV's uh, um I forget what that theater is called but I've been to it obviously when I was yeah. in Vegas and uh, I have a picture of us and you're there with the microphone and i am there with the trophy and I remember it so vividly and but yeah I appreciate you saying that that really means a lot
2: well it was a big deal with it I mean future yeah. starboard that was a we picked one out of the whole competition one and so that that was um it was Ham's Hall too that's what it was that's called. what it was yeah <laughs> it uh, was we don't use it anymore because the dressing room situation there is really as you'll remember was a nice
0: yes you know a lot lots of uh, bathrooms yeah.
2: and <laughs> <got a> lot, <laughs> yeah on. lots of you know we when we we danced it um honestly we've used about every hotel in Vegas that there ever was Yeah, <laughs> you know and so it's really funny we you know we danced it um some of them where they were ice shows, and they would lay down half the floor, and the kids had to dance in the front half, and you couldn't go off the back because it was ice. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was really, I mean, it was really fun days because you know they in those everything was really innocent. The kids dressed in the dressing rooms where the performers' outfits were. Right. The people were so respectful wow. then. They never. We never even thought of telling them you don't touch those things because no one ever touched anything, right. and so. Now, today, I don't know that we could do that, but um, they were really fun memories there. The Flamingo and all these other hotels that we used to do. So and um, I'm sure that that um, that that you both remember those days. Yeah, um, yeah. there's
0: so many good memories um, for a lot of dancers. You know, we a lot of people find that point where they're done performing and they kind of move on to the business aspect of the dance world. And a big part of that is keeping your employees happy. Mm -hmm. And I know for for a fact, you've just had so many employees with you since the beginning. And then if they joined later, they've been with you throughout. Like even I've been working with Dan as a director twice this season. And he's been there since I, since I was like probably 12 and it's amazing. So how do you keep your employees happy? Because everybody is so loyal and I can tell like, everybody's just on their game at every competition. They're so dedicated and present. So what do you do right
2: to keep them happy? Well, let me, let me go back to Dan first. Dan was Mr. Dance America. Believe it or not.
0: I, no, I believe it.
2: He was Mr. Dance. So he competed. So a lot of my employees um, were, are, are, um, were, were competitors in, in previous years a lot. Um, and, and really what I try to do, I think, I think the thing that I, that I'm, that I'm really the best at is treating everybody like family. So we really do treat our employees and our judges like family because they are family to me. And so I want them to have a great weekend. I want them to feel valued. I want it to be, um, an experience that they want to keep doing because, you know, we're, we're going to do this hopefully another, 50 years. And so the, I think that's the most important thing is to value their, their opinions and to make them feel like they're family and and to take care of them. We try to take care of every one of our employees on the weekends because it's, it's a long now. It's really, it's a long weekend. We have some really big shows. And so even from judging point of view, you know, you need coffee, you need, you need. And so we try to make sure that your needs are met. And I think that's one of the that's one of the things that that keeps our employees the happiest is just letting them know that they're appreciated.
0: I think for both Taylor and I, we've obviously worked a lot of different jobs. And you can tell the difference when they when your boss or the director really takes your feelings into a, an account. And it's not spoiling those people. It's just making sure that they, like you just said, they have what they need to do their job correctly. It's like you want this from them. Okay, we have to give you what you're going to need to succeed the resources. Yeah. The resources.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I totally, I totally agree with that. Even, even from a judge's point of view, you know, there's certain, you know, it's long days know, you're talking a lot. So I make sure that our directors are always there for whatever you need. You know, if it's water, if it's coffee, you know, maybe you just need a break. Sometimes you, you know, you need five minutes, you know, I just, can I just get five minutes? You need that. And you've got to have that. So, so that's good. just one of our core values. We we have a whole core value thing that that we do with all of our employees. And um, of course, the last year has not been a normal year for us. Right. With COVID. But um, before that, we had it pretty we had it pretty dialed in with everybody as far. And, and we'll get back to that as soon as we can. Really get back to a regular competition. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm curious, uh, Noah, what are some of your challenges, um, or maybe, um, surprises that you've had in developing such a successful dance competition over the years, like things that maybe, um, you didn't think would be an issue that looking back, you're like, wow, how did we overcome that? Or just any major challenges that you've encountered?
2: Um, well, I, I I really think that, um, I grew up, I grew up with the industry. So that kind of helped me a little bit because, Mm -hmm. you know, like I was really young and this industry was really young. And so if today, if you would go into the same situations, it would probably scare scare you to death because you'd be thinking, Oh my gosh, you know, this nightmare, this night, we didn't know there was nightmares because we didn't know what the nightmares were. You know, we didn't know trophies couldn't show up. We didn't know, you know, we just didn't know that when, when we first started car, Um, Which this is going to shock your viewers, probably if they haven't been in the dance world for a long time, they're going to they're not going to understand this. But when we first started doing competitions, we would have 35 in a category and there wasn't as many categories. There was like solo dance, solo dance, not tap, not jazz, just solo dance (laughs) and all ages. There wasn't eight and under nine. It was just solo dance, duo trio, group line all together. And we would give out honorable mentions and we'd give out a third place, a second place and a first place. And so as everything has developed, you know, now there's different categories, different genres, everything is different. But um, sometimes when you talk to people about those days, it's, it's really interesting because it was, um, and people loved it. They didn't care. They got an honorable mention. They just wanted to perform. They were so excited and they were so excited for the winners, the third place, the second and the first. And so I think that going back to your question is that we just didn't, we didn't know, we didn't know all these things existed. And thank God today, I almost lived through every situation you could think of. And so when my directors, they call me or they're calling Matthew, who's actually running our company now, um, we already know we've already done it. So when they have a, a problem, we're like, okay, let me think, how did I do this? And so that, that helps us today.
0: I'm assuming COVID. I mean, you were probably like, okay, this, this is a bummer, but we got this. How was doing shows with COVID? Cause you guys did a couple last year safely. And how, like, how did that, I feel like a lot of people were just not able to they didn't have the resources to be resilient last year. So how, how did you make it
2: work? Well, um, so it, when the, it was unbelievable when they, when they closed all 10 shows, they're like, everything's closed. We thought it would last a couple of weeks, two weeks, went into four weeks. And then we ha- then I had a, a little group meeting with my top people and I said, listen, um, this is going to last longer. So we have to come up with a plan. So at that time you couldn't do any gatherings but we found a loop with television and film. They were still running. So we decided we would do a, what we call it, Hollywood Live. And what it is, is it's just, it sounds like a soundstage. And the kids come in, they perform, we film them, and it runs exactly like you would do a TV show. And so we could do it under that if we met the guidelines. And we had to meet these guidelines because the first show, we had like seven, seven, health inspectors come out during the weekend to check on us, to make sure we were doing this, we were doing this, we were doing this. And as long as we followed the, 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 the recommendations that they gave us, they're only recommendations. Remember, but they can close you down if you don't meet. them. <laughs> so we learned really fast on how to do that and to keep it going. And then the venue that we used, um when like the fall, we did a couple of shows then, but when the spring came and he's like, okay, like how many weekends do you want? I said, I want every weekend because we're the only ones doing a show in California. I need every weekend right now. So then we took the only venue that was doing it for all the things. And we've had a show every weekend since probably February in LA.
0: That is so amazing. And I love I just love when people find a way to make it work. That's just like one of my most, it just inspires me so much because it is very easy to, to want to give up on things. And I just love when people are like, you know what, let's find a way, let's do some research, let's make this work. It just, that is so amazing, but nobody else could handle it better than you. And I just completely believe that.
1: Oh, well, and it just even more so to be such a innovator in a industry that has been so long in the works and, you know, it has evolved so much to be able to continue to evolve through this pandemic um, really, I think just speaks volumes. Cause I feel like a lot of companies wouldn't take that initiative, but that really is the sign of an amazing business owner, right? Is okay. How can I overcome this challenge? Um, Unfortunately, well, I guess not unfortunately, but um, different than most business owners, uh, their business doesn't involve... However many hundreds of young dancers and costume changes and parents and props and um, right. so wow! I, 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 congratulations to you and um, really I mean to every dance competition owner that has um, shifted through this time and I know we all look forward to getting back to what we know is normal but um, I, w- I know that wouldn't that that momentum wouldn't be possible to get back to had we not shifted perspective with this. So, so true. Bravo to you.
2: Oh, thank you.
1: Um, so I have to ask, um, in talking about all this adaptability and this change in this past year, where do you see car, um, in the next, I don't know, five to 10 years?
2: Um, well, that's a good question. (laughs) Uh, So we, we actually are working on our next season and we're trying to be innovative and we want to, um, we have a few surprises for next year that we're going to, um, launch in our new season Um, we're redoing our whole look we want we want to come back as you know we're back dance is back let's make it exciting and so we, we're really trying to, um, and we're working on our judges center a lot so that we have some new things for you guys as judges that you're going to be really excited about. We're going to have some training opportunities now that we, we really know about this Zoom. You know, we never really used Zoom before, but now we know it's possible. You know, I had a meeting with like 150 dance teachers across the nation Zoom wise. And so that taught me a little bit. So it really showed me that, you know, the world is a lot smaller place Um, we also, we also have a competition rainbow and car in Australia, and we'll be starting back there next year. So we're excited to get back there because we've been locked out of the country for the last two years and the dancers, there are wanting us back really badly. So we have some new, exciting things that we're going to be doing, um, also there. And then, um, also we are, we're, we'll be relaunching the industry dance awards, which is, you know, it's a, it's a charity show for cancer. But it's also a big deal with the dance studios across the nation because last year we missed it. This year we're going to do a virtual show. But then next year we will be back live and it it will be at the same standard that it has been in the past, which is a pretty big Hollywood production. So we're excited about that.
0: That's amazing. Uh, We'll definitely mention, uh, we usually do like a community spotlight every episode. So we'll definitely, we've mentioned uh, Dancer Against Cancer before, but we'll do it again this time just so everyone can get updated and all of that. But one little fun thing uh, that just like my nostalgic part of me wants to ask, or actually just tell our listeners, but Taylor, I'm not sure if you've been to a competition before where they announce, when they announce the winners, they play the song, that the winner is like they say and like first overall is and then they play their solo song or their group song totally. car i think is the first competition to ever do that because i and remember and we are okay, <laughs> perfect perfect cuz i i'm telling you i it's the little things because Every weekend we were going to car, I was like, oh, my gosh, I just can't wait to hear our music play. Like, that's just going to – it's really, really exciting, and everyone gets super quiet, and everybody is so just re- – that is just the most amazing touch that you can put on an awards ceremony. I know awards like, are happening. Like, I have
1: chills right now. <laughs> like,
0: it's, it was so so exciting. Like, you can't even – can't even bear it. And it's just nuts how a little tiny – little tiny it's detail the production. like that it's the production it. value
1: it's going the extra mile to 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 set yourself apart like that and to give young dancers to be the only one to know that that's something you're gonna look forward to at that competition yeah. it, it's 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 the icing on top it's the finesse and it makes you I feel totally, so
0: special yeah
2: and how we came how we came up with that was we were at a nationals and it was probably maybe our fifth nationals and um by then we were using teachers from different areas. So that was a new thing. You know, I bring in a teacher from St. Louis to the California nationals. And one of my really dear friends, Debbie Kohler, who had a studio in St. Louis for many, many years, and was a head judge of ours for 25 years. Um, we were sitting at the table and it was her and a couple more judges and maybe a couple directors. And we were like, what can we do? We want to do something exciting. What, what, what? And she's like, what if you play the music of the winner? <laughs> I'm like, what? And it was like mind blowing because none of us had ever thought of that before. And so when we first did it, we only did first overall, but then as competitions grew, then we started doing the top five because it was so it became such a tradition at car and people recognized it from, from car because we really were the first ones that did it for years and years. Um, and so that that's a, the story on how we came up with it. But it, it has been we still do it to this day. We play the music because it's so exciting, and I think it's the most exciting for the kids. They 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 just get so excited when they hear the music.
0: Oh, I would freak out! I would freak <laughs> out. It was the best feeling in the world.
2: <laughs> I
1: love that. No, one last question for you. What in your years of experience in cultivating this incredibly successful um, dance competition, what is what some of your funniest, favorite, silliest moments that you can think of that you look back on fondly.
2: Oh, silliest, funniest moments. Well, um, well, funny moments. We, we did a competition one time in, um, Boston and we did it in a ballroom, but I had mistakenly only did the center ballroom or when we, when we contracted it, the center was only ready for all day. So as the competition went on, we kept losing part of the ballroom. And by the time we were done with the end of the day, we only had one third of the ballroom, the very middle part. But (laughs) even then I had really smart people that worked for me. So we did groups in the morning. Then we went to duo trios. And by the time we got to the one little sliver of the ballroom, we had solos. I love it. It It
1: worked. Adaptability. (laughs)
2: Adaptability. (laughs) I love it. That's amazing. that's a fun story though. It's a true story too, but it's
1: fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, well, Noah, thank we you thank so, you enough, so much.
2: Yeah. Well, this has <laughs> no, been a blast. Should. Thank you for asking me. I, I love to you know, talk a little bit about the dance industry. It's been, it's been really good to me and I really do love this industry. And I love so many of the people that are involved with it, the other competition owners I've known for years and years. And it's, it's really been, it's been a great ride. I love it. We appreciate you. Okay,
1: thank you so much. Thank you so much, Noah. Stay well, and we look forward to all dancing together soon to this next year. So until then, stay well.
2: Okay. Thanks so much. Okay.